Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 244. The Summer Guest Fest has arrived, and this year we've decided since summertime is the easiest time of year to get distracted from your business, the kids are home from school, vacation is on the horizon, there's so much going on that can keep you from moving forward towards your goals that we wanna do everything possible to keep you on track and inspire you to keep moving forward towards accomplishing your big dream. So for the next two months, we're gonna be offering you at least two special guest episodes episodes each and every week. We hope you enjoy the extra value, the added inspiration, and a little extra urge of motivation to keep on going. Every once in a while, you come across an amazing individual that's making a massive impact in the world, one that stretches far beyond the success of their organization to touch people globally. And Stacey Edgar is just one of those people. Stacey has been honored by the Microsoft Corporation as a recipient of the company's Start Something Amazing Awards, by the Denver Business Journal as a 40 under 40 business leader, and she's been featured in several magazines, including, oh, the Oprah Magazine, in Multi-Channel Merchant Magazine as a maven of merchandise and by Organic Style as one of their 2005 Women with Organic Style. Stacy has a plethora of accomplishments, not only personally, but professionally, too many to mention here. But the bottom line is she is someone that is touching women around the world, empowering them to live successful, fulfilling lives. She started Global Girlfriend in 2003 as a way to provide economic security for women in need by creating sustainable market for their products. She used her 10 years in social work with women and children as her springboard to her role as now a social entrepreneur. She's traveled the world providing market and business training to women's cooperatives and organizations. She oversees all aspects of Global Girlfriend success from building valued and lasting relationships with the women artisans to marketing the progressive fair trade brand to designing and hand selecting fashion forward products in order to grow their online brand and so much more. So I'll leave it there for now. Stacy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. So obviously everyone heard a little bit from the formal bio, but I would love if you would, in your own words, just tell a little bit of your story because you're making an unbelievable impact on the world. You're empowering women, you're giving back, and you're running this unbelievable business enterprise. So tell us a little bit about how this all came together for you. Absolutely. Well, it didn't come together in the way that most people's businesses do. I didn't actually set out to have a business, nor did I have any sort of background whatsoever in importing or fashion accessories. I was a social worker. So I had always worked with women and children in um, child welfare and in schools. And I was lucky enough to have a really interesting mother-in-law who was asked to be on a board of the World Food Program for the UN. Mm -hmm. And so she was going out traveling to places the UN Food Program was giving food assistance and of course, there was always some sort of fabulous women's enterprise project tied to these nonprofit projects going on that the UN was supporting. And so she would come back from her travels with these beautiful scarves, jewelry, you know, things that women were making. And we would ooh and ah at these beautiful pieces, knowing that these women were only selling to aid workers, right? Like they, they had no market. And so for me... I'm like, well, th here's a simple social work problem. 
problem, right? I know fabulous women in the US who would love these beautiful products and it would make a world of difference for the women making them. So uh, that's kind of how the idea for Global Girlfriends started. Um, I of course had no idea how to do that or how hard it was. And luckily I didn't because I don't think that I would have started the business yeah. had I known. <laughs> I hear you. Um, so I, I can imagine breaking into the, the jewelry artisan market is pretty tough. Tell me a little bit about how you started making a footprint and, and how you started getting found and discovered and, and what you did to really grow the, the business from the standpoint of getting people to buy the, the products that these artisans are making. Yeah, well, when I first started for the first two or three years, it was really me having trunk shows out of my car, right? I hosted one big home party for my friends as an awareness raising. I used my $2,000 tax refund that I convinced my husband this was like a great investment, right? To <laughs> import jewelry. Um, and had a whole bunch of women over. And in one night, we sold pretty much 100% of that first set of shipments. And I thought, well, this is this is a good idea. And so for the first couple of years, it was really just going to any event, street market, um, home party, church show, anywhere that, that I could kind of get exposure for the products and the women we worked with. And then I was super lucky, um, you know, really lucky. My best friend actually worked for InStyle magazine. She still works for Time magazines. And she was wearing a bracelet that I gave her as a gift down the hallway one day and one of the editors was like, gosh, that's gorgeous, where did you get it? She started telling the Global Girlfriend story and we had our first real press in 2004 when InStyle put one of our bracelets in the magazine. At the time, I still didn't even have a business line. The I didn't have a website. They're like, what's your website? I'm like, well, it's gonna be globalgirlfriend.com. Oh my gosh, I love and, it. Yeah, so we put it together before the issue came out. I love it. So you got it all together. You get out there. You're you're in Style Magazine. I'm sure that that gave you that first big splash. And then, so so talk to me a little bit about. So you know, so for our listeners, this is their first time being exposed to Global Girlfriend, and you guys are, are doing two like really significant things here with both providing opportunities for the artisans, but then also the way that you're helping women start businesses. So can you dive a little deeper into how that process works? Absolutely. So uh, the way we work is in a fair trade model. Basically, we partner with women small businesses all around the world. We work with close to 100 different women's cooperatives and businesses in over 30 countries, uh, helping them bring their products to market in the U.S. Uh, we do that with some really great partners, too, like Whole Foods, Target.com, places where we're able to, to get these products that otherwise people would never see. Um, a fair trade model works like this. Basically, we want to make sure that all of our women are making a living wage in a local context, uh, that they have healthy and safe working conditions, that they run their own businesses, their own lives, and, and decide on their own incomes. Um, and then when we order a product, we're giving a 50% microloan upfront. So the women we work with are never having to put out their own capital for say our beads or our fabrics, things like that, because we're working with women in really poverty stricken places. And so they need that 
financial support of that upfront payment um, to be able to make the product. And then we purchase the rest of the product when it's ready to ship. We take care of all of the shipping. And if we get it here to the U.S. and we don't sell a single one, that's on us, not on them. They're paid 100 percent upfront. Um, we've been able to start artisan partnerships right from scratch with, say, five or 10 women who just want to make enough to send their kids to school in Kenya to working with large cooperatives that employ over a thousand women. Wow. That's so exciting. I mean, it's, I love bringing people on the show to show and demonstrate the global impact that one person can have. And I know obviously you have a very large team now and you, you know, you have people supporting you, but this, this idea, this vision that you brought to life is just, it's incredible how it's impacting so many people around the world. So, and then are all of the materials sourced locally by that artisan? Do they decide on the materials that they want to source for the products that they're making? Do you get involved in the type of jewelry that's being designed? Like, tell me more about that. We do. We get involved in all the product design. A lot of it is done by our team here in the States as far as the design work. But what we're always doing is looking at our partners' um, available materials, available skills, and then taking a look and saying, okay, so you're a weaver or you're a crochet group um, or you're able to do brass and metal work. How can we take your skills and your local materials and make a product that is saleable for us and our brand uh, in the U.S.? So we do just a lot of partnership. In fact, we also do design contests with our partners. We just finished one yesterday with one of our partner groups. It's a group of 18 deaf women in Kenya. Uh, Sasa, and they make beautiful brass and, and beaded jewelry. And we're really trying to help them take more ownership and more pride and creativity in their designs. And so we had a hundred entries from 18 women for this contest. Um, it, and it's so incredible to see how much they've grown and how much they can do of their own design work when early on we were feeding them all the designs. Oh, wow. That's really cool. That's exciting. And I'm sure for you, it's nice to see the evolution there as well and, and be able to bring something to market that came, you know, from them like that. That's excellent. Absolutely. So I know you said at the beginning, Stacey, that had you known everything that you were going to go through as a part of your journey, you probably wouldn't have done it. And I think that's the same story that all of us entrepreneurs can tell about our businesses. You know, we, we didn't yes. really realize what it was going to be, the animal it was going to be when we first got started and how it would test us and, and how we would, uh, you know, be, be close to breakdown before breakthrough over and over again. So what are some of the moments in your journey where it was like breakdown before breakthrough, where, where you were really like down and out as an entrepreneur? Because, you know, we have people at all stages that listen to this show, Stacey, and part of the reason you're here is because you've had a successful 15-year run with this company. You guys are blowing up. You're continuing to grow fast but people need to see the reality of what, what you had to go through to get there oh I mean Kelly there have been so many moments I, I think you know one of the worst ones for me as we grew and um, learned more about importing my largest shipment in the second year of my business you know I really put out a lot of capital and at that time a lot of capital for me was six thousand dollars Right now we do 
almost two and a half million dollars in sales a year. So that is a very small order for us. But I had spent six thousand dollars on bags from India. And when they got to the U.S., the Border Patrol said they were going to burn them because they weren't tagged properly. The bags had taken six months for the women to make all from recycled materials, like every step from gathering. And I was crushed because I also had a customer waiting. It was our first order with Whole Foods. And so the, the disaster of the whole thing. Luckily, divine intervention, some begging, some crying at the Border Patrol office at U.S. Customs gave us three days. And I got a team of friends to come and we relabeled all of these bags uh, and got the marking notice revoked. But little things like that, like knowing the U.S. custom rules were something that, you know, as a heart-centered entrepreneur, I jumped in to make a difference and do something for the women. And to me, it was real simple. But there are business rules that you have to learn and, and you have to know to navigate. Um, and that's been actually one of the most exciting things for me because when you, as I'm sure you've had this in your business, you hit those obstacles, you can either kind of fall up in a, a shell and you know, like crying on the floor in the fetal position or you can learn, you can grow, you can find out something new. And and that's what I think is so exciting about business is it's so full of challenges. And those challenges that I've had have helped me go back to our artists and partner groups and help them through their challenges. Because all businesses, I don't care if you're in Swaziland or New York City, have some of the same challenges. Oh, absolutely. So true. And I really appreciate you sharing that. And I mean, we we all go through this and there's people listening to this here today that are experiencing that moment, that breakdown moment. And, you know, they they just need to hear from both of us. Keep going. You're, You're at the breakdown before the breakthrough. Big things are coming. You have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. So thank you for sharing that. So I think we have a lot of entrepreneurs that get into business for the first time providing a service and then later want to move into providing products because obviously as a service-based business owner, your time maxes out, um, you know, you, you can design certain ways to leverage to a certain point, but at a certain point you want to get into products. And, you know, I understand that is a completely different animal. You just mentioned one of the big things when you're importing and exporting, knowing the border patrol rules, what are some other big learnings or big things that you would want to convey to our listeners if they're thinking about getting started with a product versus a service? Well, I think one of the biggest things and one of the biggest mistakes I've seen from other businesses, uh, because I do a lot of business consulting for social justice startup businesses, is that they don't long term their margins, right? They start with a product and they think, oh, well, it cost me this and I can sell it to this customer for this. And so I'm going to just get started. And they don't look at am I eventually going to want to wholesale this to a larger retailer? If I do, I need to put that margin in the middle. I am, um, you know, a lot of the businesses I work with are bringing things in from artisan groups. So they might start by putting things in a backpack, right? Taking their jewelry back and forth on trips. And when they grow enough that they need to do the legal import, they might not have factored in the duties or um, the shipping charges. So, 
one of the biggest things I really recommend if you want to retail a product is making sure that you're in the middle so that it, it ends up being a profitable experience for business. Um, and, and especially in, in the case of artisan businesses like I work with, you want to make sure that you're profitable because if you're not, you won't continue to help them, right? Yeah. Like a good business doesn't help anyone unless it makes money. Yeah. And I think a lot of us feel like, oh, we don't have to, you know, money's not the ultimate goal. Well, it is in a business. It should be. Right. Absolutely. And it, money helps people. Well, yeah, and I, and I absolutely think you, you're, you're extremely limited in the amount of people that you help if, if you have to close the business because it's not making any money, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's, a, that's exactly. a good way to think of it. Uh, I, I think the other thing that you brought up, we've talked about pricing many times on the show, and I, I love that you brought this up, is you know factoring in all of the costs to your price and, and building in the profit and the ability to wholesale. And I think you know many times entrepreneurs set a price and then you know try to figure out how to sell it and then – all of the other things that come in between are an afterthought. And so I think that you just gave something, a very valuable gift to all of our listeners today by saying, go out and research, you know, all of those costs that are going to go into whatever product you're going to be, you know, importing, exporting, you know, shipping, warehousing, um, taxes, duties, whatever it is, because that can make or break you. Absolutely. I'm sure there's a lot of people that were in business at one point doing something similar to what you do, Stacey, that are not here anymore for that reason. Yeah. And I, I think you can't, it's harder to change your prices later. So it's better to do that investigating up front. Yes. Yes. I absolutely love that. So how do people find out about you guys today, Stacey? Like talk to me a little bit about how you raise awareness for the brand now that you're on such a large scale. Are you utilizing social media as a primary means of raising awareness? Like what, what is the marketing strategy for Global Girlfriend? How are you continuing to grow at this point? You know, uh, we really, our best marketing is through our wholesale partnerships. We sell to over a thousand stores around the country, to mom and pop boutiques, fair trade stores, museum shops, as well as partner with larger businesses like Whole Foods, who has long been our largest partner. And they are such great brand advocates of the work we do with women. It is truly our best marketing, um, not just sales, because it's also sales for us to sell to them, but but to be partnered with all of those great stores really makes a difference for us. We do do social media. I wouldn't look to us as the people who do it the best um, by any means. I think we've been born on relationships, and relationships is really where we have our strongest um our strongest marketing, meeting yeah. people face to face, trying to, um, I wrote a book back in 2011. It came out in paperback in 2012. So I still do a lot of speaking on global girlfriend. And, and I always find that those face to face connections make such a difference in keeping the business strong. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you guys are working with some dream partners for sure. And I we think, are. Yeah, we are. so that's that's amazing. And I, I can definitely see the power of having your brand attached to those names that have such a high quality reputation that, that people just feel good. And also they know that those brands make investment 
in causes and in, you know, people and, and companies like yours that are trying to make a difference and trying to not only provide a great product or service, but change the world in the process. Um, so I know that we probably have a, a good number of people listening that are really trying to get their foot in the door at their first, you know, major partner, whether it's for a product or a service. I know you already mentioned that uh, in-person meetings have been your biggest strength. Um, do you utilize an outside sales force? Do you uh, attend a certain number of conferences based on attendees? How do you go about pursuing those relationships? And any tips that you can share for listeners that maybe want to go down that same path? Well, I, I think um, we do do trade shows. We do the New York Now trade show. That's a great place where we connect uh, with wholesale customers and wholesale relationships. Um, but I would have to say like the strongest tool is just to figure out who are your target partners or who are your target customers? Maybe you're just a, a retailer who's going to sell directly to individuals. Go directly to wherever they are, whether that's conferences, whether that's online through social media, whether that's through trade shows. And then more important than anything else you do is be so authentic and and live the values that you state your business lives, right? The reason we've had such longevity is persistence for one, right? Not quitting all the times we probably could have, yes. but because we our, our values are selling women-made fair trade products and doing it in a very transparent, we share all the information about all of our artisan groups. Nothing is shielded everything is revealed and um for us that's been our biggest strength people know that we mean what we say and when you mean what you say and when you live out your values you'll find your tribe and you will find your customer that's incredible i love that and and i always you know i always say to my clients don't try to be anything you know, be what you are, promote what yes. you are, promote what you do, do what you say, and that is enough. And if you are naturally inclined to live a certain way and be a certain way, be that and, and allow yourself to lead with that instead of trying to fit yourself into something else. So it's really cool to hear you kind of say that coming at it from a different direction. Um, so you've accomplished so much already, Stacey, you know, and you're a pillar of the community with the work you're doing with Global Girlfriend, but you're also helping consult other individuals trying to start and grow something what is your what is your vision for where you would like to see things go next as far as the work that you're doing well I, at global girlfriend i am so excited about some of the new partnerships that we have going on i just got back from two weeks in africa where we've added eight new artisan partner groups with some really exciting products so for me that's always exciting right uh trying to find new groups, new products to build up. Personally, I am launching actually an online course called The Social Justice Startup because I have worked with so many young up-and-coming companies who want to get into this social justice space, whether they're selling an artisan product or whether they're doing more of a Tom's Shoes model where they're giving to a cause that they're passionate about. And there are some real pitfalls, um, you know, places that people get hung up. And for me, it's so fun so to bring together more people in this 
social justice space and and share what we already know um, so that people can be more successful. I've unfortunately merged into Global Girlfriend five brands who started out with great intention and folded. And we were lucky enough to be able to, you know, absorb their artisan groups and their product. But they were great companies that I would love to see standing on their own instead of inside our company. And so that's my hope is to strengthen social justice entrepreneurs so that we can see some really great businesses grow going forward, because I think there's a real hunger for it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, people want to want to start and grow businesses that do good and are good. And, and people want to have fulfillment in their work because you get to a certain point where you are financially successful and you know that you're able to grow and sustain the business, but you, you want to bring it full circle by reaching beyond just the people that you're selling to. It's really funny that you just said that, Stacey, because at the end of the show afterwards, I was actually going to say, you should start a course and start teaching people how to do that because that's, I help, that's what I help people to do. So no, that's, that's great. That's really awesome. So what are some key things that you want to make sure our audience leave with as far as the work that you're doing with Global Girlfriend? Of course, where to find Global Girlfriend, any specific artisans or pieces that you want to highlight? I want everybody that's listening to go check out the work that you're doing. Awesome. Well, you can find us at globalgirlfriend.com. And like I said, we're available in many retailers around the country. We especially partner with fair trade stores. So be on the lookout for them. Um, as far as specific artisans, I, I think, you know, one of the most important things that we do is work with anti-trafficking groups and the simple act of buying a t-shirt, which I mean, Kelly, how many t-shirts do you own? Mm -hmm. I own so many t-shirts. Um, and I love them and I'm going to continue, but we work with some really amazing groups, like one in India called free set, which is all women rescued from the sex trade in the largest red light district in India called Sanagachi. 250 women have reclaimed their lives by choosing to be a part of this social justice business and have the audacity to leave the brothels and give their children a better life. They are amazing and that's the kind of group that we work with every day and that's sort of what gets me out of bed in the morning. And the other thing I think is exciting is it's super easy for people when you support a fair trade business to make a difference, right? Like you think, does the little thing that I do, buying a bar of soap, buying my girlfriend a gift, the t-shirt I wear to yoga, does it make a difference? Yeah, it does. I can tell you it makes a huge difference. Um, for those people thinking about starting this sort of business, it is an amazing journey. You will never feel better about something you do, but it is work. It is hard work. There's no business that isn't work. Yep. So don't do it just to feel good. Do it because you're ready to work your booty off yeah, to make the world a better place. No, absolutely. That's that's great advice. And I, I couldn't agree more. So I want everybody listening to check out Global Girlfriend. And also, Stacey, what's a great way to get in touch with you if we have um, entrepreneurs in the midst of starting or growing a social justice business that want to learn more about your consulting? Uh, absolutely. Well, 
I am redoing my website right now, which is going up in two weeks, stacyedgar.com. If you go there right now, there is a way to, to connect with me. It says, you know, work with me and you can send me an email. But the social justice startup course will be going up later this summer. It is well underway. And I would love to talk to anybody who is interested in heading down this path. That is awesome. Stacey, thank you so much. I know you're an incredibly busy woman. I really appreciate your time to come on the show. I hope for everybody listening that this inspired you, gave you some excellent insights to move forward following your dreams. And uh, Stacey, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Kelly, and for all the great work you're doing for entrepreneurs everywhere. You got it. So for everybody listening, that's a wrap. Thanks for being a listener of Unstoppable Success Radio. And until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.